Start Me Up podcast, part of the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network in association with Mother She Wrote Media. I'm your host, Kimberly Johnson in D.C. Today, my guest is Skylee Heinen. She's a disabled U.S. Army veteran, and she is a hardcore activist. She's all over Twitter. She's tireless. She's dedicated. We have a lot to talk about, but before we get into it, the Start Me Up podcast is independent, listener-funded, and woman-run. Visit patreon.com slash startmeup to see the variety of tiers offered, including the option to get two bonus What's Up episodes per week. Kind of like my online journal where I get a little more personal and talk about whatever is on my mind. There's also an ad-free tier with a much shorter intro. Just visit patreon.com slash startmeup. Now please enjoy my conversation with Skylie Heinen. Now what, what made you decide to be an actor? I mean, you are literally like a tireless activist. You are online all the time. I've seen, you know, you've given speeches and you go out there and you, you get your hands dirty as well as the online activism. So what was your inspiration? Well, I did activism for veterans before social media, before all of this, just being in the, the, um, the veteran, the VA system, I've had a chance to talk to every walk of life of soldier mm-hmm. about their care and what they wanted and tried to communicate that through the proper channels. And then, um, 2016 happened, Kimberly, come on. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was like, I was recalled to duty. Yeah. Um, you know, it was, I did not fight for this absolutely not it it just put me at attention in a way that I hadn't been in a very long time so that is what drove me definitely Trump and just the the tumbling of our country well this is interesting that you're bringing this up you know you start you said you you were an activist prior to your service and then of course Trump comes in and reignites and so I, I want to bring something up and I think this is an interesting topic because um, it, it's not just about one group of people but um, there's a, a Gen Z activist Olivia Juliana now I think for mm-hmm. those who don't know who she is I believe Matt Gates said something horrible about her and she totally used that to raise mm-hmm. a ridiculous amount of money for Planned Parenthood I can't remember what it was like one she's or two million or wonderful Texas yeah. she's just wonderful yes. Texas is so lucky. And so, and she's, because she was able to do this and raise all this money for Planned Parenthood, obviously, I mean, she's, she's been going and working with Democrats, I believe, for about three years. That's what she said. Um, but she had said something about how she did a thread and she's talking about how basically, you know, it's not fair to say, oh, the kids got this. The kids are going to save us. And she mm-hmm. said, you know, I'm exhausted. So she's getting all kinds of shit from people. Because, you know, she's a young person. She hasn't been fighting. And when I read that, one of the thoughts that I mean, I understand where she's coming from, because I get that Gen Z has a unique set of problems, something that I, as a 54 year old woman, never had to experience. I didn't Mm -hmm. have to worry about Mm -hmm. school shootings. That was never, you know, never. And I, I. I didn't go to college, so I didn't. I, I did actually go to college, but I didn't. I didn't go to a four-year college. I didn't have to worry right. about that kind of debt, so that was not my thing. The climate, mm-hmm. we're all in it, but they're younger, so they have more to deal with than somebody mm-hmm. older. Um, but I think that the the youth of today is so incredibly uncomfortable, and I just I just want to take this back because I wrote a book called American Woman, and I wrote it for my younger self, who was not 
political. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't paying attention to politics and I wanted to convince younger people and I certainly didn't because <laughs> it was a self-published book. But it was like I wanted to convince younger people to be interested and engaged and want to participate. And, you know, I, 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 I tried to take stories from my own life and feminism, blah, 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 blah. But, you know, I look at somebody like Olivia Juliana. Juliana, she is, she's got a massive platform. And, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, you know, we've heard, we've heard where black women are going to save us. And I agree that it's not fair to put pressure on a group of people that, oh, you're the ones who are going to save us. Well, half the country isn't even paying attention and not doing jack shit. You exactly. guys are the ones who are going to save us. So I get her pain, but I also feel like, you know, I had posted under what she said, you know, it was 1923 that Alice Paul wrote the Equal Rights Amendment, <laughs> and <laughs> it is still not ratified in the Constitution. And I'm we're saying. still fucking fighting for that. It's fucking crazy. And, you know, <laughs> and so as much as I get that she's exhausted, I don't, and, and, and I, and I want to say this too. Young, unfortunately, young people like I was just saying, have all these unique problems. So what mm -hmm. that means is they, they are paying attention now. Most mm -hmm. young people are busy worrying about school and dating and, you know, whatever it is that's important fun to young stuff. people. Yeah, yeah, fun stuff. And while we all should be engaged, it, you know, of course young people should be having fun and focusing on all of that. But now they're paying attention because they've been made to feel uncomfortable. The Republicans are making them feel uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And it is their country. It, they're going to be here longer than anybody else right now because they mm -hmm. are the youth. And so they do have to work to save their home. Now, I don't say, well, we fuck it up and you go fix it. I don't think right. of it that way because there's a lot of people fighting, but there's not enough people fighting, but there's mm -hmm. a lot of people fighting. And so I feel like we always have to fight. Every generation has to fight, whether we're young or we're women or we're people of color. I mean, obviously, if you're a white man, I mean, you still have things that you need to fight for. If the you, women in your life. Yeah. And, 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 you know, I mean, for your own rights, too. I mean, depending on who you are, if you're if you're not an extremist fucking right winger, you know, it's like, yeah, but even exactly. extremist white, uh, white extremist right wingers are still going to lose their Social Security if Republicans win. So it's like, it, yeah. It, it affects all of you. Yes. And, and it's not until it happens where you sit and you turn around and you go, oh, yeah. Oh, especially something like your social security. This is a territory that's never been touched. Right. Yeah. You want to talk about people will sit the hell up and notice that. I mean, that's just, that is, that drives everything. That is our country. That is our bedrock. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I don't care who you are, what color you are. If you have any type of benefits like that, you are going to sit up because you're not going to be able to pay your bills. Mm -hmm. Exactly. They're trying to drive us into poverty with this. <laughs> yeah. And the and funny let, thing is they're not. Let the rich take over. Yeah. It's and they're not going to the protect poor white men. They will protect mm. rich white men, but they're not going to mm. protect poor white men. So, yeah, I mean, you can go and, and everybody has. Uh, a degree of you know if you're if you're a white woman you have a certain degree of what you know whether it's you have to deal with the fucking patriarchy if you're a mm -hmm. black woman it's even worse and the reason it's worse is because of the racist white patriarchy and exactly. white supremacists and it's and so um 
it's unfortunate that, I mean, even people who are disabled, I mean, there's mm-hmm. discrimination all over the place, but because of the way our country is set up and the patriarchal system, um, you know, there are certain groups uh, of people who get it worse than other groups. Oh, the discrimination I've experienced is, is ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, from being, especially a disabled veteran, like, I, I can't even tell you. Yeah. I can't even tell you. Especially when, you know, having to wear masks. Yeah. And it's like I, that whole mask thing. And, and I'm like, dude, I'm not you, okay? I can't walk around without a mask. But <laughs> as far as Juliana, or Liviana, sorry, she, she, I feel her pain. And yeah, I talked I to it. Santiago and yes. Voters for Tomorrow. And I talked to all of those guys and there's such a big network, and, mm-hmm. but you're so right. We shouldn't be depending on just Gen Z or just, we can't, we know they're driving the future, but we have to be there to support them, lift mm-hmm. them up yeah. and, and be sidelined with them, not just throw it all on them. Yeah, and, and I, then and not I think be there for them. When I know. see though, but when I see somebody saying the kids will save us, I mean, I get the fact that mm-hmm. she's like, wait a minute, don't put it on all on, all on us. But I think I do think that sentiment means that because the kids now are feeling it and they're fighting mm-hmm. so hard because the you know young kids, young people, as a voting block, usually don't vote, and mm-hmm. you know I mean they they don't show up. Because they're comfortable. And I think this is human nature. When you I didn't comfortable, when I was young. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't either. I mean, I Mm-mm. did vote in presidential elections, but I didn't vote in all of the Mm-mm. midterms or, you know, all of the... Every yeah, election I like didn't. we do now. And the only reason I voted in every election is because my mother was political and I just felt like, okay, I have to vote for the president, you know? And But I didn't know. And I would just listen to her. Who are you voting for? Exactly. For? Exactly. I did the same thing. Yeah. And I think a lot of us do. And while we can all say that it shouldn't have been this way, it shouldn't, shoulda, woulda, coulda. You know, unfortunately, mm-hmm. the Republicans have been going after education for decades, defunding it. And I can say that in my experience going to public schools in Southern California, I didn't have the I didn't understand how government works. A lot of us started to <sighs> understand how government works because of Donald Trump. You know? Yes. Well, so, that and I actually got to take it in college, but I was in the, <laughs> I was in the Louisiana school system, and I can tell you that's the bottom of the barrel. You yeah. learned about the Louisiana Purchase, and that's about it. Okay, <laughs> that is what you got. But yeah. I took government um, in college. I took one and two, and uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, I, I mean, I did the same thing. <laughs> I talked yeah, to my I'm my dad. Who do I vote for? Tell me why. You <laughs> exactly. Know? And, and and boy did that change because he mm-hmm. was a trumper um yeah. and it ruined our relationship for oh, that's until biden was elected oh interesting <laughs> so what did he vote for biden he won't tell me that part <laughs> but i will tell you i went down there for christmas and the tide has changed mm-hmm. um we had a no politics rules first time i'd seen them in four years and we had a no politics rule going down there. My fiance, it was the first time he was going to meet my cray cray mother. <laughs> and um, my stepdad is golden. Besides that whole Trump thing, he's usually just a, a golden guy. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, no political talk the first night we're there. And 
first thing he says is the worst thing that ever happened to this government is Chuck Schumer. And I just ran <laughs> out of the room and beelined it to the bedroom yeah. and just started doing some woosahs, woosahs. <laughs> and my sweet, sweet fiance, Justin, stayed for the fight. Hmm. And I walked back in the kitchen later. And my dad said, okay, let me add this. Mitch McConnell is just as responsible as Chuck Schumer. And I was just like, okay, that is some headway because right. good Lord. And, and you know, slowly over the weekend, he admitted that he, he voted for some Democrats as AG, uh, as some, you know, uh, city council seats because he met them. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. so, you know, the tide is turning. Our relationship is better. They don't, they, hmm, they appreciate my activism, but I don't share a lot of it with them because, you know, at the end of the day, I'm speaking against that, yeah. what they corely believe in. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, it's just, it's sad. I mean, I'm glad to hear that the tide is turning. I, I have yeah. a relative that it's, you know, I, I don't really get into it with her with politics. Every once in a while, she jabs me. And, yeah. you know, and it's like, I, I find it fascinating. I mean, have you noticed this? That, I mean, as a liberal, if I'm going to have to deal with conservatives, I never talk about politics. I never bring it up. But what right. I find is they throw out these little things like they'll criticize Obama or they'll, they'll you mm. know, like this one guy I know criticized Jane, called her Hanoi Jane, Jane Fonda. And it's like, you know, my aunt does that to me. She throws out these little bombs and, and I can, it's like, well, if I choose to um, engage, then it, it would turn into a fight. And exactly. I mean, there was this one time when I asked her, this was back in 2012 and it was when Obama was running for the second time. And I asked her, who are you supporting for the Republican primary? And I'm not even kidding. I mean, now she and I have, have always had a good relationship and, she wasn't always a conservative, but then she became a conservative and she became Tea Party. And um, we still never talked about politics, but I wanted, because I knew she was Tea Party. So I wanted to know, who are you supporting? I wasn't going to say anything about it. I just wanted to know. And right. all she did was start, she started yelling about Obama. And so I, I would yell, but not, I wasn't screaming at her. I was just raising my voice over hers to say, I don't care what you think about Obama. I want to know who you're supporting. And she just wouldn't stop. Mm -hmm. She's just screaming. Mm -hmm. So finally, my dad, I, I said that called him Obama. Yeah, well, <laughs> there you go. And I'm sure she said worse things, but not in front of me. But anyway, so I eventually I got her. I, I screamed louder than her. And I just kept I said, please, <laughs> like, I don't care what you think about. I know you hate Obama. Who are you for? <laughs> And so basically, answer my direct question. <laughs> and so she said Ted Cruz. It's like who the fuck likes Ted Cruz? But whatever. Oh, so she likes God. Ted Cruz. Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah, that's probably wouldn't much. answer that now. I guarantee you that. <laughs> and it's like you know, I mean, but 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 I don't. What I went out of my way to not say. Any, I didn't say anything negative about Ted Cruz. I didn't say anything negative about Republicans. I just wanted to know. And but she doesn't do that to me. She throws things out at me. This is one of the worst things that she ever said to me was something like, well, you were talking about Batman. She got it all wrong because, you know, Superman's son is bisexual, right, in the story. So right. I guess that was going around and the conservatives were all freaking out. 
But um, <laughs> she, she says to me, you know, so what? I don't even know. Is Batman just an it now? And I got so fucking angry because I was like, oh, my God, so many of my friends are gay or trans or whatever. And it's like she just insulted all of them. And I could, you know, I could engage with her, which would end up in her screaming at me or I could just ignore. And I basically would just ignore. And, mm-hmm. But you know what it does? It sucks because then then I hang up. And then it's in my head and it's in my head. And and you're frustrated and you're all amped up. Yeah. And it's upsetting because I just, I think about my friends who Mm. I trust, you know, and love and respect. Like, like family. Right. And, and it's, you know, I mean, two, two of my closest friends I've known since the nineties, it's two men. I mean, I, my mom and I were at their wedding and, you know, I mean, the fact that she would say something like she doesn't know my friends. She doesn't know these people. She's just making some ridiculously vile comment because she heard about she, because Ignorance. she heard some asshole Republican say it. it just fucking pisses me off so much. Trust I hate me. It. Trust me. Uh, you know, it was actually me and my best friend that came to Twitter. Uh, and at first we we came just to curse Trump out every day. <laughs> we were like blank accounts, you know, no anything. We were you. We were united together because we were the only two out of all of our friends <laughs> and our family that were not Trumpers, and so we went through this together. and And we would just get on, and I would tell Trump to go fuck himself every day, and it felt really good. And then I realized, hey, this is something that I could actually do and use to you know for the good Mm -hmm. so it it changed you know i put my picture and started doing videos but Mm. me and her definitely came here and united because all of our friends i mean i i had my best other best friend these are best friends since i was like nine okay i'm 41 yeah tell me that that I'm a communist. I mean, like the I'm talking about ignorance wow. that is so you can be book smart and be the most ignorant right. person in the world. And that is my best friend Mandy. She's a CPA, but she is the most ignorant person in the world when it comes to anything. There's nothing common about common sense anymore. But I totally get that when it comes to friends and them saying the things and you're like, God, you just like, it shakes you Yeah. because these are solid foundations. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it's just, I mean, it's so, what do you see happening moving forward? Because I mean, I ask this of everybody and I'm just curious since you're in it every day and you know, in, on one hand, when you're in it every day, it's kind of hard to see the bigger picture. But then on the other hand, you can just take a look at what's happening and try to make an assessment of where this is headed for 2024. And I talked with Alison Gill the other day of Mueller, Mueller she wrote, mm-hmm. she actually believes that this is, you know, we're in pretty good shape considering yeah. the crazy shit we have to go through. So how are you feeling yes. about it? Oh, I love Allison, and I agree with Allison 100%. I mean, they are propelling themselves into the ground. Yeah, they are destroying themselves. People are noticing. My my stepdad noticed the the McCarthy thing. The Santos was was that was the biggest thing that actually stunned. Because I take a good gauge off of the Republicans in my family and the other ones. You know what I mean? If I can, if I'm allowed to get that gauge. Yeah. And my dad came in that he, he did come into the garage and he said, 
who the fuck is running the RNC? <laughs> and and that was actually during the the camp when him and Mike Pillow and, and Rana were running against each other. And I go, well, it's about to be Mike Pillow, you know. I yeah. said, but it's the RNC, you know, it's Rana McDaniel. And he said, who the fuck is this Santos guy? <laughs> he said, the, the RNC is obviously compromised. Yeah. That's a big statement. That is, yes. Wow. And Santos did that for him. And then he watched them do nothing about it and fight like freaking children mm-hmm. on the House floor about Speaker. So they are showing their asses on the Republican side. And I'm not talking about the extremist Republican. I'm talking about the boomers. Yeah. I'm talking about, you know, you know exactly who I'm talking about. Yeah. And, and as far as... <laughs> propelling women, propelling youth, uh, propelling everybody. Uh, we're looking good for 2024. We have to go through these these horrible hearings, but it also gives them a chance to show their ass. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the more that they show their ass, people are seeing it. Mm-hmm. It's You can't escape it. And also, nothing's going to get done through the House Republican Party except for cuts for the rich mm-hmm. are something that benefits them. When the Democrats were in house, all these things were rolling through mm-hmm. constantly. Mm-hmm. So they also see the gridlock in the legislation. Right. Yes. Good point. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I mean, really they're not going to be able to pass anything though, because they'd have to get mm-hmm. it through the Senate mm-hmm. and that's not going to fly through the Senate. So it would have to be on a state level that these things get done. Um, yes. But, unfortunately, because, yeah. They have to do it on the state level, especially with the gun violence. Yes. I mean, we can't sit on our hands with this. We can't sit until elections on this. No. I mean, it has to be done at the state level. Well, you know, we have to take a quick break, but we will be back after this message. Hey, this is Kimberly. If you're not already my patron, just visit patreon.com slash start me up. You can take a look at all the tiers and decide how you want to support the show. Thank you so much. I'm Mo Rocca, and I'm excited to announce season four of my podcast, Mobituaries. I've got a whole new bunch of stories to share with you about the most fascinating people and things who are no longer with us. From famous figures who died on the very same day to the things I wish would die, like buffets, all that and much more. Listen to Mobituaries with Mo Rocca wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, we're back. All right, let's move on to this this gun issue because I'm wondering if you are feeling that it is taking on like a new energy. And we have heard this before that, oh, this time it's going to work, this time it's going to work. But mm-hmm. I'm just going to throw in there that David Hogg, um, has been talking about, you know, like, I think it was last a coalition. Year. Yes, a coalition. Mm-hmm. But before that, there was some legislation. That it, was, it wasn't hardcore legislation, but we got some legislation passed. Um, and, you know, David Hogg was basically like, all right, it's not everything, but it's, it's a start. And he's, you know, he had said something like, I can feel this is, this is different this time. So do you feel this is different this time, especially considering what happened in Tennessee? Really, it's so hard to say because for me, it should be different every time. I know. know. Um, I've been speaking out on this. One of the first videos I ever made. It's horribly shaky. But the summer of 2019, I was in Texas, and we had like three back-to-back mass shootings. We had El Paso. We had, you know, and it was just 
I thought then for sure, for sure, for sure, for sure. And, you know, we are on mass shooting number 147 Mm -hmm. today. That is, it it sends goosebumps from my head to my toes. Yeah. I I hope that it's going to be different. I really do. I really do. I think that one thing that needs to happen is that Schumer needs to put the vote on the floor for the assault weapons ban. Mm -hmm. We know it's not going to go through, Mm -hmm. but we need to draw that line. Yeah. We need to draw that line and say, this is who supports this. And and then just go hard, you know, and the coalition part is what needs to be done. Yeah. And you know, and David is right on that. I agree with you. Um, I agree with everything you just said, but I will add that I think that what is different this time is now we have the youth paying attention. And yeah. I mean, they're the ones who are, I mean, the, 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 the shooting the other day was in a bank, but so many mm-hmm. times these shootings are in schools. I mean, obviously they have been in other locations, but they're in schools and it's our children who are paying the worst price for, for, for all of this. And I think that, the you know, again, it goes back to we're not relying. I don't think it's about relying on the kids to save us per se. It's just that I think because they have been pushed to this limit um, that they're just not going to take it anymore. And then they're joining the fight and we've got more people in the fight. And I think that might make the difference. I agree. I do agree with that. I mean, people are I mean, when it's. Okay, let's just really quickly. So, you know, 2016, 2017, we're around 300 to 400 mass shootings. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2019, 417. 2020, 610. 2021, 570. 2022, 594. Do you see, mm-hmm. like, how high they're going up? And, mm-hmm. and we're barely into April and we're at 147. Yeah. I think that, you know, and the fact that these do happen everywhere literally everywhere Mm -hmm. um people are gonna start to come and say just basic things weapons of war why do you need these on the streets they are and and another good thing is that unfortunately but fortunately the last few mass shootings the last 10 i think have been carried out by an ar-15 so that helps us with that Mm -hmm. fight Mm -hmm. because they always come back with you know that wasn't used blah 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 regardless these are these these were meant to be i i listen i had to train for nine weeks with my weapon and if i failed my weapon qualification meaning safety and all of the above i would have to retake basic training Mm -hmm. this is what we have to go through as soldiers just to handle our weapon yeah and you can walk in the street yeah. Let's see. This guy, he today at the bank, he just went and got one on the sixth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, legally. Legally. Mm-hmm. Legally. And a few days later, I walked in and just I said, it's just insane. It's it's insane. But um, you know, I think the coalition and all of us getting together and just starting with basic, you know, things like red flag laws yeah. and background checks. Um, ninety something percent of the country support those things yeah so i i hope so i i can't take any more kimberly i thought 
<laughs> I said this the other day. I wore Kevlar so my kid didn't have to have a Kevlar backpack. I can't imagine sending my school kid to school with a backpack that has to protect him from yeah. an AR-15. I know. That's unimaginable to it me. It is. It's unimaginable. And, I mean, we're in it. I, I tried to remind myself, you know, that, that throughout the history of the world, we've had, you know, there's been slavery there was the holocaust there was so many things that are just horrible and people overcame i i don't i i wish we were more evolved in that we could really truly learn from our history but i don't really think we do um because we can people forget history or they don't get taught it yeah i i i have this like uh, the way i describe it is like a baby always needs to touch the hot thing it always mm-hmm. needs to touch it. Mm-hmm. You can tell mm-hmm. a baby all day long, don't touch it, and you're going to hurt mm-hmm. it. By day. But once they touch yep. it, they go, oh, now I know why. So mm-hmm. the experience, you have, if you don't have the experience of it, you don't know. Um, you know, It's just like with voting, it, especially for young people, if they're not going to vote, they don't understand how government works. They think, oh, both parties are the same, or all government is corrupt, or whatever bullshit that you know that right themselves. like whatever happens happens over there i pay my taxes and my paycheck or whatever exactly. and I, I do my stuff <laughs> yes and it's like i don't know all i all i do know is i think that it is an interesting time we're in right now because of mm. donald trump i mean it's all I, I like to say that regardless of there's always been conservative liberal right there's always mm. been that that's always been there and it's been one form or the other but i think where we are today in politics really stems in a large part from the John Birch Society. And I've talked about this before. I've promoted Mm. this book, but this woman, her name is Claire Connor. She wrote Wrapped in the Flag, and it's a really long title, but it's Wrapped in the Flag. And it's such a good book because she talks about her daughter was one of the founders of the John Birch Society alongside with Father Coke, Fred Coke. And Mm. it's a really great book because it she writes it in such it's like it's not an intellectual academic book. It's just here's my story. And Mm -hmm. it's fascinating. And you can see how the John Birch Society is basically the Tea Party. Mm-hmm. And for the longest time, they they were like the moral majority or they didn't have legislative power, but they got legislative power in 2010. And once mm-hmm. they got that power, we've seen what's happened. And Demolished. yeah, it's just it's just been. But that's where um, and I, I wish everybody would read that book because it really does give you an understanding of where it came from, how it came about. What the I'm other... I'm gonna read it. It's so good. It's such a good book. I should actually reread it because it was like in 2012 when I read it. But um, I think that you know throughout history, like I said, there have always been terrible times, things to overcome. Mm-hmm. And even though we don't learn from it, what I do think is happening in this moment, I think we're having this situation where you know the Republicans are feeling as if they're going to lose their power. And they're mm-hmm. behaving like fascist fucking ghouls. And oh. we're watching it. And because young people, because it, it's young people, it's women, it's it's all these groups, it's trans people, it's gay mm-hmm. people. All mm-hmm. these groups are like, hey, I'm being marginalized and this is fucked up and I'm going to fight. And I wish that we were, as a human race, more motivated to do preventative care (laughs) you know it's like exactly we're focused on that because it's like we're so reactive but all that said i do think it bodes well for our future not that we should ever take anything for granted as my boyfriend bob suska says don't get happy 
<laughs> but I do think <laughs> that it is, you know, it is something that watching what they're doing, as horrible as it is, it is it is making people wake, wake up, up <laughs> because they are woke. <laughs> and they're right. saying, hey, I'm not going to take this shit anymore. I don't need your it, bigotry. Exactly. Exactly. And the more extreme and extreme and extreme they go, I mean, you're talking, like I said, you go back to the boomer Republicans and the non-extreme Republicans. Yeah. They want their kids to read books. Yeah. They, exactly. ha- they have gay friends. Yeah. Like, you know, it's something my mom said. My mom said, what the fuck is this? Don't say gay shit. Like, exactly. what the fuck? Like, is this for real? And I'm like, mom, this is more than for real. Like, this yeah. is a thing. Like, you know, I have to explain her because she's a Fox News and she's ignorant <laughs> as hell. She's just, you know, yeah. and I, I, I just try and glaze and try and give her some truths mm-hmm. every now and again, you know? Like, yeah. she thinks it's just fake. She doesn't think it's real because it sounds so out of touch yeah don't say gay what the hell do you mean right don't say gay you know yeah they're freaking fascists they're ridiculous they are well we've but got they some... are driving us you know what there's some writing we've got some breaking news which i don't normally do on my show but oh. um midas touch just tweeted breaking manhattan da alvin bragg has just filed a lawsuit against jim jordan to block his interference <laughs> and obstruction <laughs> from the da's criminal case against donald trump <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Bragg. Thank you, Mr. Bragg. I had said that from day one. Day one, I told Jim Jordan I fact-checked him within seconds. You don't have any right to this information. Yeah, exactly. It is in his constitutional right to not give you this information or answer you, you freaking idiot. Can someone look, oh, Jim Jordan, who doesn't want to just punch him in the no. face to feel better? I mean, I don't like violence, but come on. I that know. guy, I just want to deck him. <laughs> I know. Just, just I, I that or just him. pluck him on his forehead really hard. Yeah, really, know? well, even more. But yeah, I know what you mean, and I just don't even want to say how I feel about him. I had to block him. <laughs> So I'd like to not go to jail. So it's like, I hate that guy so fucking much. I just kind of flick at the TV and stuff when he's on TV, and it makes me feel better about myself. About the thing. You know, that, that gets it out. Oh, my God. It's just, it's so crazy. Okay, so you tweeted this. Abandon all 50 states for the safe abortion pill access is the ultimate goal of Republicans. A federal judge in Texas has misread the law and massively overreached. This needs... A fix before his order goes into effect on Friday. So, um, I think this is this is something that kind of goes to what we were talking about before, and you know their craziness and everything. And I was always saying that as much as I didn't want them to, to kill Roe, I knew if they did, they were going to wake up a sleeping giant, and they have. And so it's it's really bad because killing Roe means that women are going to die, pregnant people are going to die, or they're mm-hmm. going to be hurt, and. Mm-hmm. In the interim, until we figure this fucking stuff out, people are going to suffer. Um, but but there's a positive to this in that it's so crazy, it's so insane that I hope, as we were saying, it's going to continue to get people to the polls. But what I want to what I want to say here about what I want to talk about is the democratic response and the democratic mm-hmm. campaign strategy. We saw in 2022 that 
they campaigned on abortion and they won. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. basically, and and I'm so dumb because last night I I had this like full on soapbox tweet and then I ended it telling the Democrats, um, you know, to fight for us. And I wrote gloves on (laughs) (laughs) gloves off. And I'm like, God damn it. I had to go ruin my soapbox tweet with my dumbass fucking typo. But, um, you know, it's like I, I, I'm seeing now that Democrats are getting that we want them to fight for us with some gusto and not hide from abortion. And they are. And I'm just wondering, like, do you think moving forward we're going to see the Democrats really embracing abortion and not, you know, running from the thing, whether it's abortion or other issues, running from those issues or trying to like trying to cater to the, um, you know, the centrist Republicans. Do you think they're going to take think they're going to keep this up and go harder for 2024? I, I think they're going to go harder. I yeah. work with, uh, whew, uh, you know, all the major influencers across the board in some people that are in the campaign and, and, you know, the white house. And I can tell you that we, we've driven a lot of messaging that they take on, uh, the, the social security, we drove that message and they took it on. Um, and, uh, as far as this, this is a big deal. Um, I've had a war room, uh, ready for weeks now, um, to come out on this judge and, and, and wake everybody up. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, 5 million people have used, women have used this drug in the last 20 years. I mean, yeah, it, they thought they were fighting for abortion as a procedure being a big deal. This is just a step beyond that. Yeah. So it's got to drive them because it affects so many million more women in so many different ways. And, you know, Kim, they're not going to stop there. They're going to no. try and come after our contraceptives. Mm-hmm. And I want to see that happen because <laughs> they don't understand what hormones are. Yeah. And whenever women's <laughs> hormones go out of check, oh, yeah, where, where's that contraceptive bill? Let's, uh-uh, let's void that thing. Yeah. Because they don't understand that it's not just used for the uh, to stop no. from making a baby. I was given birth control when I was 16 because I had horrible periods. Me too. It wasn't a freebie to go have sex. Right. You know, it's just, that's an old school mentality. Mm -hmm. My grandmother used to have it as well. Just as like, she's a very, you know, small French Catholic Louisiana woman. Mm -hmm. And just like she thought a tampon was invasive and and not right. And then I had to say, well, you know, this is a new age. Mm -hmm. So, You know, I think that it's going to drive them. They're going to hit this head on because we are, that is our message. Mm-hmm. This is our message. And they yeah, won't stop I hope, there. I mean, and I this is it. a continuing war on women. Yeah, I mean, I see it happening. I just don't, I don't want them to back stop off. The, yeah. Back down. Keep it going. Keep pumping it. Keep pumping the Republicans it. aren't pumping. backing down. And it's like you said, they're not just going to stop. They didn't just stop at at uh, the abortion but there, mm-hmm. there was a GOP politician a woman I believe oh, where she, she was on CNN and she was basically saying to even Ann Coulter was telling Republicans lay off the abortion thing you got what you wanted you killed Roe lay off and yeah. they're not laying off and they're not going to because the evangelicals are just hell bent on making it impossible for a woman in this country to have an abortion and 
Um, I don't think that they're going to win. I think, I mean, the, the only way I think that the fascists will win is cheating. I don't yeah. think they can win with, with legitimate like votes and democracy. And that's what we are no. fighting for. And as long as Republicans have control in these state houses, that's a harder, I mean, Democrats absolutely have to fight in that arena now because we've only been focusing on the presidential elections and abortion stuff. Yeah. yeah yeah exactly the 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 shift is coming i was really surprised you know he dropped that judge good old trump maga judge mm-hmm. uh he dropped that ruling on on good friday and that wasn't a that wasn't coincidental no. um and and i was surprised at the media response and it was pretty quick but um our war room didn't roll out like it's supposed to so we're probably gonna push that out tomorrow yeah so see a big push tomorrow on on uh, about the abortion pill because i'm heading up that group too as well it's, awesome. we're not slowing down no we're not stopping we see the war and we're ready to fight it you know i'm yeah. trying to you know if during all of this i'm trying to conceive um uh to have my first baby and um it, man just the things they don't know that we go through, mm-hmm. you know, and the emotions and the hormones and we miscarry and, and just different things. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I wanted to tell you something really quickly about my backstory, just quickly. Mm-hmm. My mom was 16 when she had me. Okay. Mm-hmm. She was doing something she shouldn't have been doing. This is 1981. And um, I'm from a very, very religious, small Catholic Cajun uh, city um, in Louisiana and, uh, my grandmother sent her to a girl's home to have me in private, um, and give me up for adoption because she had just gotten left by her husband, which is a big faux pas in the Catholic community. And she was not about to have a pregnant unwed child, you know, embarrass her as well. Um, and my mom was the only one in that pregnant girl's home that wasn't raped by a family member. Oh my God. And, you know, she sat there for all nine months, um, and it really, really messed her up. It really messed her up to this day. Um, But long story short, I was given up for adoption for about two weeks, and then I went back to my family. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So I ended back up with my mom, but, you know, you don't even, people don't understand what, what, these girls have to go through and they even think about having to force these these girls and these raped individuals to you know not only be able to not use a pill but to go and have a really invasive procedure that's gonna mess with them for the rest of their lives it's just despicable it's just disgusting yeah i mean that's it's like we're but they but protect the children exactly right yeah exactly it's such bullshit but they you know people keep saying they want to take us back to 1950 no they want to take us back to like 1830 is what yeah (laughs) that's what they want because that's when white men had all the power and nobody else had any power and that was the end of the story for it's like there's no fucking way i mean you know it's funny because i lived in moscow russia when I was, um, it was Soviet Russia when I, it was 1981 yeah. and 1980, 81. And so it, it gives me a perspective that a lot of people don't have uh, on how, you know, I mean, I went over to that country when it was, you know, well-established Soviet Russia, but, and, and it made me understand really what it meant to be, to be a patriot. And yeah. because I, I was only 12, but 
I understood because going to a police state and mm-hmm. Russia was dank, gray, and, you know, people would walk down the street looking at the sidewalk, not at each other. Um, I really learned a lot. And I, and I remember thinking, um, you know, like when Trump got in, I was terrified, you know, especially when I found out Vladimir Putin was manipulating our elections and our social media. It really scared me because I thought, you know, I saw an entire nation under Soviet rule and they had oh, absolutely no choice. They, they couldn't, you know, I mean, you could have somebody who would be a superb cook and turn out to be the best chef in the world. But the government said, you have to go crack ice on the street. And that was their job. And yeah. they just had to do it. And so I, what I thought was, you know, as, as a person who had that experience that I've always been grateful for, I almost was not grateful for it because at that point, because I felt like, oh, my God, people in America don't realize how quickly this country could change. And yeah. although I didn't ever expect we would go to a Soviet Russia type situation, I figured, you know, it's just going to be a, it's, it's going to be an autocracy um, or right. it could be, I should say, not going to be. But it, it you know, I mean, look at how much it's changed just since Trump came down the escalator. Mm. It's very Jesus. different now than it was in 2015. And, oh, my God. You know, I mean, a lot of people are living their lives in the same way and they're not feeling it. But a lot of people are also sure. feeling it. And so. Uh, especially women who can't get abortions now. And so, yeah, I mean, it's like people think, oh, that'll never happen here. That is the worst way to think. That is the worst way to think because it could absolutely happen here. Well, that's what they sneak it in on you. Yeah. Because you're not aware and you're unaware. Mm -hmm. And then they go, oh, boop. Oh, wait, what? What did they do? (laughs) Exactly. Oh, no. Oh, no. Okay, no, no, no. You cannot ring the alarm bell now. It's already been done. Yeah. Yeah. And we, we just have to stay proactive. And, you know, Trump woke us up. Mm-hmm. He woke us up. He, he did unite us. He did unite us. Did, I mean, yeah. look, at, look at what I've, you know, come through and done and just over the years, all of us, you know, like we've all come together. We've stayed together, you know, and, yeah. and we just have to continue to work together and, and call them the fuck out. <laughs> yes. And on that note. Um, I just want to say that I absolutely appreciate the work that you do every day because it is important. And, you know, some people argue, oh, Twitter isn't real life. And, you know, Twitter is what it is right now. But social media reflects real life. Real life is happening and we talk about it on social media. So it is, you know, I don't like to fall into those kind of tropes because they're just I think that there's really no merit. There's no backbone. There, reality is reality, and we talk about reality on social media. So it is. Kind it's of 2023. <laughs> it's what it is. It is, and so it's extremely important. I mean, I think you know, there's nothing replaces knocking on doors. Nothing replaces just going out in the field and talking to people. But there, you know, not everybody is cut out for that. So online activism is fantastic. Of course, it can work in the other direction, and we've seen it work for white supremacy and. Anti anti democratic mm-hmm. stuff, but I think you know. I mean, with with um, you know, Spoutable and with Post and with Mastodon mm-hmm. and all these different, you know, there's there's more. And I I believe Substack is even coming up with a Twitter alternative. Uh, yeah. um, oh. We have you know. I know at least I can speak. I I don't. I know I've read the service agreement for Post, and it's kind of the same idea as um, Spoutable. But what I like about Spoutable, and I'm still on Twitter more because everyone's on Twitter. Right. But what I like about Spoutable is that they're they're not going 
Christopher Boozy and his team will not allow targeted hate. He, they will not yeah. allow the same kind of disinformation to thrive, which is a huge reason the country is the way it is right Lead now. It, exactly. So, you know, we can argue Twitter isn't real life, but when people are on Twitter, on Facebook, and they're getting misinformation, disinformation, it affects real life. So, yeah, it's extremely important. I do hope and I do see since there are alternatives coming out, I think you know, that's a good thing. And the work that you're doing is meaningful and it makes a difference. And I just want to say on behalf of anybody who you have, you know, it, it influenced or inspired, thank you because it's mm -hmm. important. So thank you so much. You know, I did get to meet Laura Packard for the first time ever the other day. And that was wonderful. You know, Laura, <laughs> yes, I all watched her journey. <laughs> yes. Um, and it was just so like, it was just like kindred spirits. Yeah. It was just wonderful. And I spoke at the back off our benefits thing. And uh, so I'm down to get on the ground, Kim. Yeah. I've just been stuck in the house because of COVID. COVID. And then well, January yeah. 6th, I'm going to be in the, watch out. I'm going to Washington <laughs> and I'm about to get in some faces. I have because no doubt. <laughs> it's what I've wanted to do for years. Yeah. And now I can, I have the capability. I right. live closer and my fiance supports me a hundred percent. That's so, so cool. I appreciate you. <laughs> Yay! Well, I'm just, I'm just great. I'm glad that we had the opportunity to have this show. And it's funny because you had said something to me about it in a comment. And you know, I mean, I book people myself, and I, I can't describe it, but it's like I overlook lots of people that I think are awesome, and I'm like, why did I overlook her? You know, and it's like, but you just get caught in whatever like you know old standbys or things like that so anyway i just want to say yes i'm grateful that you're on the show i'm grateful we had this opportunity to talk because i think aside from the work that you're doing when two because i just consider myself a regular person right i mean i'm a podcaster but i'm i'm an everyday person i'm not a scholar i'm not an academic i'm not you know i'm just me but i think these conversations between two regular people are mm -hmm. very important because they're relatable and it's not just all the the bullshit Crap. that you hear yeah all all the talking points it's like it's real conversations yeah real it's people. real and it's people that see us every day yeah talking but not actually hearing us talk yeah so i love it I'm, I'm so appreciative for this opportunity well i'll definitely ask you back now that you're on you know you've been on the show you're on my radar as far as being <laughs> a guest so um don't be surprised if at the last minute i'm like hey i had a guest uh not be able to make it can you can you fill in <laughs> I'm, I'm always down <laughs> awesome okay well before i let you go please tell everybody where to find you uh you can find me on twitter at skyly one that's at sky underscore l-e-e -E underscore one and that's basically where i roll <laughs> well i have your uh spoutable account also mm. on the patreon description and of course i am also author kimberly on twitter l-e-y and then i'm on spoutable at kimberly johnson my books are on amazon skyly it's been awesome talking to you and thank you for being on the show thank you so much kimberly take care bye-bye <laughs>